all the speakers, but so much of the event is out of your hands. Oh yeah, so so this year, um, uh, Surfforce is uh, is much bigger than it was last year, and so I didn't actually have any input into who the speakers were. Um, I handed all of that over to the mighty Kerry Townsend, um, who yeah, literally sifted through. We had seventy five submissions. Um, and had to sort of narrow that down to I think that we got we'll have twenty talks in total, um, but yeah, it's been it's been fantastic because um, last year I had pretty much. So, so was, why did you have to hand that off? I mean, this is this is a this is a Surfforce two right? I know, but this year we're doing it in Ireland. It just and, it and it's and as a result, there's actually quite a lot more logistics to sort out. And it's, um, we're trying to do it over two days so that it's not just a kind of high speed flyby. We really wanted to, to get people to, to come and experience the, you know, the, the Northwest of Bandoran, the Northwest of Ireland. Um, and as we, we knew that the majority of people would be, would be traveling for the event because Ireland is actually still a relatively small Salesforce community. I think the user group in Dublin gets, you know, a maximum of sort of 50 people on a, on a really good day. So we knew we were up against, um, a, a, you know, a, a big ask. And so we thought, you know, let's just do it the hardest possible way possible. Let's put it in the middle of nowhere. Um, and let's, and let's do it over two days and, and let's, you know, the biggest cost is the hotel. So we needed to raise sort of 60 grand, um, to cover our basic costs. Cause the deal with the hotels is that, wow. Yeah, if we cover the hotel, if we book the whole hotel out, which is only 104 rooms, but it is a four-star hotel, so it's not cheap, um, then they'll give us all the conference facilities and all the equipment. So uh, I have a really good relationship with those hotels. I actually used to work for them when I first left South Africa. I went and worked directly for the Mackinac Hotel Group. Um, so that's actually quite a good deal because when you consider that the venue can hold up to a 1,000 people, um, and it can be subdivided. Uh, plus there's a gym, there's a sauna, uh, the surfing school is literally five minutes walk away. The surf is two minutes walk away and there's a golf course. So we have access to all of that provided we cover off, um, you know, the whole hotel. So, so we, we felt like we felt that this year, what we should do is run it over two days and give as much value as possible to, um, not only the attendees, but the people who are sponsoring the event as well. And so we were hoping that we would get a lot of sponsors that wanted to come along and do some awesome things. And And some of the ideas have been to create a sensory room, for example, where uh, the room would be blacked out and you would have to go in, the attendees would have to go in and you could only, you would be set challenges. So things like you'd have to send an email, but you can only use the the tools that, uh, that, um, blind people have. So you'd have to walk into the room, which you could not see your hand in front of your face. You'd have to find the computer and then send an email. Uh, and then, you know, and so things like that, just trying to educate the, the community around what it's like to be, you know, physically challenged, what it's like to be mentally challenged. So and, you're trying to set up, you're trying to set up some kind of like challenge system or something with, with some of these events that there's yeah. something for them to do that's, well, that's active or? Yeah, I think that, you know. As I you the whole go, thing was about, you know, learning and, and surfing. Oh, of course. But, this, them to do stuff. but part of learning is that, um, <laughs> you know, most of the people that attend 
I, I attended all the world tours this year in the US or most of them. And, um, my constant, you know, uh, uh, acknowledgement or my, I, 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 not acknowledgement. I, I, I saw, I, I constantly see that these events are t- attended by very similar people as we all know. Um, and, Right. It, it, it feels like the only way to start breaking that mold is to expose people to how they can be more useful to people who are not in the room. Um, and so one of the ways is I actually have an auntie who's uh, physically challenged and I know how hard it is to take her surfing or to take her to the beach. Even, you know, um, it's a real mission. Um, and I also help, I help a friend of mine who, who was physically able um, and he's a, he was a fantastic athlete, a really good mountain biker, a really good runner. Uh, and he had a, a minor accident where he bashed his head. He hit a tabletop and, and landed badly and bashed his head. But the thing is he rode home. So he rode 40 miles back home after that accident, uh, came home that night, went to bed and in the middle of the night was having trouble peeing. So he kind of got up and struggled and, and and he knew enough to go to the doctor and he just happened to be in Canada Canada at the time uh, so went off to the doctors immediately and they said at the time they did the test and everything and said look you know um, if it if it continues or if you feel any numbness or whatever you know come back immediately and um, he, he, he went back home that night and woke up the next morning paralyzed you know just like that went to bed uh, woke up the next day and was completely paralyzed you know, from, from his, from his backside down. And, um, and it kills me. Like, even now I was sitting thinking about it just absolutely kills me that it's just such a stupid thing that could happen. But, but I hate to see him excluded and he can't really come with to the, to the events, um, because it's hard to get around and it's hard for him to speak to the people at the, you know, speak to sponsors because the desks are always chest high, you know, do you know what I mean? They're always at sort of, standing desk cart. So when he wheels in there, um, it's really difficult for him to have any reasonable conversations. And I, you know, I I just realized that I can't keep pointing fingers at these big tech companies and, and, and the event organizers, we just have to do something about it. And I thought that maybe this year, what we do is again, let's make it hard for ourselves. Let's at least approach the, you know, the subject and say, the best thing to do is to educate people around, you know, what these people suffer. And part of the way to do that is to put, you know, to, to try and get people to walk in those shoes and then to say, look, if, if um, now that you've seen what it's like, maybe you can create better tools and, and you know, create better software for, uh, for blind developers. And, and I don't know if you know, but there's two, there's a Salesforce developer and here we go with names again. I think his name's Aaron. Um, that actually works mm-hmm. at Salesforce and is blind. Um, so we really want to get him along to come and talk and, you know, and, 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 um, Will Coleman from Salesforce is, um, helping us to, to bring some content across and, and maybe even some people to show us just what it's like to be, um, disabled. But the thing is, it's not the end of the road. There's so many fantastic tools and there's so many fantastic people helping out, but it could be better. Um, and so I, I think I think yeah. la- last year your focus last year you also did kind of some element of charity or some kind of community thing and that was kind of just you know about come come to Surfforce learn to surf learn to surf learn learn some Salesforce and try to get a job right yeah so to clarify the surfing aspect of it so, last last year was around and so like this year it seems like your your focus is 
is kind of, you know, is transitioned from maybe finding a job, but also, but also kind of helping those who maybe have accessibility issues or, or some kind of, I don't know, some kind of handicap and try to try to use the platform as, as their tool. Yeah. Okay. So if we, am, if I, we, am I describing that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. So if we stick to that theme then, um, the, if you, if you follow last year was about, um, ever Avon where I set the event up because 700 jobs were made, um, 700 people were made redundant in that one village. Now we're talking about a very small place to begin with, um, that I happen to surf at, um, regularly. And, and so I felt that by bringing the community to Aberavon, we could expose Salesforce to these people. And hopefully, um, because the ease of, you know, I, we always joke and, you know, and, and you guys particularly staunch against trailhead and, and everything else. But the truth is it's a really low barrier to entry. And by selling this really? dream that it's, the, that it's the, is, is the consensus that we have some kind of negative opinion of Trailhead? Yeah, I mean, is that how it comes? I, 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 I wouldn't say it, the consensus. <laughs> I think that there's a there's a sentiment that follows. Keep that, in mind, we're all about honesty, so yeah, so no, be honest about look, about how how we come off about Trailhead. No, of course, I think the the thing is, um, look, we can get into that side of 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 your of your take on it later in the conversation because that'll be much funnier than what I'm on about now, but. Um, but I think the point is that it's, it's fun and it's approachable and it's an easy way to start. And I've even had my mom doing trailheads. Not, not that she's thick or anything. It's just that, that she's daunted by technology. She's seriously daunted by it, you know? Um, and so I sat her down with Astro, uh, and said to her, you know, like, don't worry, just do the first challenge. Just understand what CRM basics are. And then once you've got it, you're going to get a badge. It's going to, you know, you can put it on your LinkedIn it's fantastic. You get a little certificate and it'll be fantastic. You move on, you know? And I watched her. I sat and watched her because I didn't help her. I just told her what, you know, what she was about to do, gave her the URL and she had to figure it out for herself. And I watched her. Um, and I was like, you know, this is, this is easy. This is a low barrier to entry. And the promise is that, for example, in Aberavon, those people that did attend could be exposed to this technology. And now they're exposed to a massive ecosystem and if there's, there's a lot of people like me and you guys that are giving of your time and really striving to push the barriers at the top end. Um, but what we, you know, what Salesforce are doing is by providing these tools of helping people right at the bottom as well, by making that super easy and also fun that, you know, like Astro's fun and Appy's fun and it's a, it's a, it's a welcoming environment. And, and so by bringing that to these people that, are, you know, they weren't well off to begin with and the, and the, and the region's quite, you know, there's the highest suicide suicide rate in the UK in, in this particular area of Wales as well, particularly in young people. Um, and I think that, you know, when we break that down, it's because, you know, it's it's presumed that you're already in a low area. Your 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 parents were steel workers and now there's no steel working jobs. And I presume America is going to have the same issue with these, you know, coal workers, people being promised jobs and, and there just aren't going to be these jobs. And what we really want to be doing is saying, look, there might be jobs in coal, but 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 come and have a look at the at the massive gap that's in technology. But but more than that, there's there's people out there whose needs aren't being met. And why don't you think about those people? Because there's a big hole there. You know, there's disabled people and physically challenged people, and and we've done a really good job at exposing women in tech. You know, that the fact that women don't get equal pay and women this and women that, and and you know, I'm all for that, and I'm completely love the movement. But I think what we're missing is that there's a wider spectrum of people that have been ignored here. Um, 
And, and what we need to do is change this message specifically from women in tech to people in tech and start, you know, being more inclusive um, to, you know, mental health issues, which is something that, you know, um, I, I know nothing about. I, I know that it's out there. I know that we have a problem with it. I mean, I've seen, you know, the destitution that exists in San Francisco and, and yet even the smartest people in San Francisco are not doing anything about mental health issues. I know that I know there are movements now and there's, there's things going on, but the thing is it's taken all this time and you've got some of the richest, wealthiest people who, who supposedly have all these fantastic solutions to the world's problems. But, but really um, I think it's going to be a collective, it's going to be a collection of people. It's going to be a collection of experiences. And the sooner the, our tech, our industry embraces all of these people, the sooner we will actually start making a real dent um, at progress. And, and, and so for, for Salesforce this year, um, yes, we want to keep educating the community that exists today because, uh, you know, new technology is always coming out. Salesforce is always pushing up out updates. Uh, the, the wider ecosystem has ISVs that are constantly pushing out new tools that are doing really, really well, you know, um, and there's jobs in there and, and there's jobs to push those tools further. Um, but the problem is that we're not, though, even those ISVs, even Salesforce has a really, really limited scope for employing, um, you know, hard to reach people and also hard to deal with people. And I don't mean those people are hard. Don't get me wrong here. What I'm saying is, uh, you take a an eighty kilogram guy who can't move his legs, and you try and take him for a surf. You got to carry that guy, and when you're walking across soft sand with this guy who's who spasms every sort of fifty steps, and his spasm is like you know both his legs go completely straight. Uh, you know it's it makes it a hundred times harder to carry this guy, and you don't want to drop him on the rocks or in the sand. You know, so so imagine that in the workplace, you have to deal with all of those you know, extra little things in the workplace and can see why people are not um, necessarily being, you know, drawn to recruiting these people. But that's what we've got to change. We've got to, we've got to say, well, now there's technology. Now there's really cool wheelchairs with inflatable wheels that you can push these guys all the way into the water. So what's the, what's the equivalent for tech? And if it doesn't exist today, let's build it. And, and, and if you haven't got a job, th- there's your in. You know, find a company that's interested in, in, in looking at this particular problem or start a company that's interested in looking at this particular problem and let's go, you know, because we don't have to wait for somebody else. You don't have to wait for Elon to solve the world's problems because he seems to be doing a great job of it. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you trying to draw a comparison to Elon here? So 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 it sounds like sales Surfforce this year is all about, you know, enable it. it Pretty much the same same theme as last year was really about kind of enabling and, and giving people a leg up and giving them some options and showing them that there's there's career options out there. Um, so if you had to just kind of give really five or let's 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 cut it down to three. Let's cut it down to three quick statements about why you should go to Salesforce. Can can you do that? To Salesforce? To Surfforce. I said Surfforce. Nope. So as an attendee. Well then the whiskey said Salesforce. <laughs> <laughs> as an attendee. Um, the th- I blame the whiskey in, in all occasions. I blame the whiskey. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. But, um, I, I think the, as an attendee, if you're already in the Salesforce ecosystem, um, the first two aspects of business are usually going to come. You are going to get more, um, you know, aspirational speaking influences. So we've got fantastic people in the good day, sir, 
army, if we want to call them that, that, that are speaking. Um, if you want me to list some of those, I'll absolutely will. Christy Guzman, Chuck Little, Matthew Morris, Roger Mitchell, these are all you know household names. Um, they're speaking, and they're going to share their stories that are going to help you. More than that, you're going to get to meet these people and go for a surf with them and socialize with them and really you know, cement those friendships in an environment that isn't selling. You're not at a world tour where... There, there are a few people on your list that I, I do want to see video of them sur- oh, surfing. Yeah. We, we want photographic evidence yes. of this. Yeah, well, we will be we will be getting you know a ton of uh, a ton of footage because because on the flip side, so as an attendee, you will get you will get fed, you know, like you will be fed. You there's there's nourishing talks. You're going to come away learning something new. You're going to get to speak to S- the SVP of Salesforce product, and I, 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 that's um, Chuck. Oh goodness, I asked you his name earlier, um, but yeah, so, uh, the SVP of product. Um, um, Chuck Mortimer, SVP of product management at Salesforce, he's coming along and he's doing a talk. Now, it's not every day you get to speak to this guy because he's, he's not very prominent on social media, and but he's a, an amazing guy. So, so if you are serious about taking your career further in Salesforce, then you know community events, and particularly Salesforce, is absolutely one to attend. The second take-home is that you will be challenged so, so, so I like doing that you know, specifically. I like showing people that what you consider risky today is uh, until you've assessed it through the eyes of somebody who's already de-risked it through assessment. You, you know, you, you don't you, your 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 um, perspective is what's wrong, and so uh, that's why we use surfing because most people think of surfing as freezing cold, very scary, far too hard, far too physically demanding. But the truth is, the equipment that you use, as long as you use the appropriate equipment, it's very buoyant, very soft, very safe, um, and it, you're not going to put that much energy into actually, you know, trying to catch a wave. The wetsuits are absolutely incredible these days. You know, you put on a five mil suit, head to toe, booties, gloves, and a hoodie, and you're going to be too warm even in eight to ten degree water. Now, Bandoran's going to be about fifteen to eighteen degrees, so you'll you probably only need a three mil wetsuit. But the thing is, we'll still give you a five because that bars you longevity. What's more is that when you when you learn to surf for the first time, don't just go straight out into the sea. You need to understand the currents and you need to understand how the waves actually work and how to get out without being bashed by them and then how to turn on and catch it in the appropriate place. And that's what the instructor's there to do. I, I remember I remember uh, currents. I remember my first experience with currents. I um I thought I got a kick out of it. I thought it was cool that the water was pulling me out. And so I, I started like <laughs> loosening my grip on, on the sand and letting my, and then all of a sudden it grabbed me and pulled me out. And I thought I was going to die. That, that was my experience with currents. <laughs> really, John, you're really helping to sell surfboards. Good, good job there. No, well, I'm just hey, saying, because Sean, of the Sean you should recruit they're, John. They're as, tricky little bastards, You should recruit John as marketing for surfboards. It sounds like he'd do a great job of. Yeah. Well, this is the thing is that um, until you, uh, it, it, we won't let you do that. So in, in our protective environment, we're going to have, you know, some of the best surf coaches in the world through the Donegal Adventure Center. And I say the best in the world because I actually used to work there as a surf coach as well. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, but yes, so we're going to train you. We're going to give you the best environment to learn in. We're not going to push you further than you want to go. 
And, and bear in mind, when I say we, it's not me. It's it's the Surfforce ecosystem. It's your friends. It's these people that are going to be there with you. Um, and I promise you, when you turn around and catch that first wave with your instructor pushing you onto the wave, you feel the wave, the energy catch you and float you back to the to the sand. It, you'll never forget that. And I think that the, the experience here is that the people who you are with, you're unlikely to forget them as well. And and that message translates really nicely as a as an illustration as to what it's like to attend a community event. You're gonna you're coming to some you're coming to an event that maybe you don't know anybody when you start. You don't know what the you know what the environment's going to offer. You're not too sure about the currents, you're not too sure about you know how to catch waves or how to get involved in you know, talking to some of the experts and the MVPs and and the the the, the sponsors, but but that's what you know we're there for. We're going to be there to to give you advice, to point you in the right direction. If you've got particularly issue, particular issues or or uh, topics you want to learn about, we're going to guide you to those. And I think the you know in terms of your take home as a as an attendee, you're going to leave there better educated. You're going to have made a whole ton of new connections and, 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 and had a fantastic experience. And we're going to challenge you. We're going to ask you when you leave to, to think about the people who are not in the room. You know, are there physically challenged people who are not here? Are there mentally challenged people who are not here? And, and if so, is there something you can do based on what the speakers and particularly Anne has to say um, that you could potentially go away and think about and start speaking to your own local user groups about how do we be more inclusive? How do we actually go out and help these people come in and show them that it's not so daunting? It's not so, you know, you don't have to be the brightest person in the world to be in technology, uh, 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 to work in technology. You know, the tools and the training and everything are so good right now that if you really set yourself to it, even if you didn't pass school, if you didn't finish school, you're going to be able to, you know, put in the effort and get yourself into a position where you can get a good job and you can start to contribute. And, and, you know, I think that those people that come in, if we, if we're more inclusive, uh, are, are going to, their perspective on life is going to change the way we currently think about tech today. We're all thinking about it as a, you know, middle-class, uh, white male, Silicon Valley, you know, this is how we make money. This is how we do business. But I think when we start being more inclusive, that picture is going to change because we're going to see, um, we're going to get perspectives from blind people. We're going to get perspectives from mentally challenged people. We're going to, you know, receive all of these as well. And those are the new businesses. These are the new business models. So the hashtag is equality for all for Surfforce this year, because inevitably, um, whilst we're in, last year was all about helping the people of Aberavon and particularly um, Wales to get, you know, come and come and learn more about Salesforce and particularly get jobs. The focus has shifted somewhat this year that it's, we're looking at the, the community specifically to say community come in this year and hopefully next year we will get community bringing these, these people that have been excluded before or, 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 or low confidence um, had low confidence to actually attend. So I think that's the, that's the push. So like I said, we didn't make this easy for ourselves. You know, I think that it's been such a hard message to push out that Surfforce isn't a surfing event in the first place. And now this year trying to, um, uh, push this message of come and learn, uh, and then, and be challenged around how you could be more inclusive. Well, I, I wish I just kept it I th- simple. I think I like the surfing aspect of it. I, I think I think that's what's unique about Surfers is that there's something else to do. It's not just a 
an event where you can kind of just go and learn and, and hear about Salesforce and, you know, talk about how great Salesforce is and hug each other and sing <laughs> Kumbaya or anything like that. You get to do something else. And I, I think those other events are what's important because, you know, you, you get to know people. You get to really know people at a, at a personal level when you're out there vulnerable, learning something new or, or someone who already knows how to do it and you're showing off and you, you <laughs> get to kind of show off. Uh, so I, you know, I like the aspect of it. I, I think, I think that's a, I think that's what makes it unique, and I think that's what you, what you strive to do is, was to kind of do something outside of the norm and think outside of the box. So I, I, that's, that's what I really like about Salesforce is the fact that it's not just an event where you get to go and just consume a bunch of Salesforce content, but there's also this, this thing that you do afterwards that that uh, teaches you something new. And and you know, I don't know, I, I do, I do things in my personal life all the time that I think I can apply to to what I learn in programming. Um, there, there was a, I, that I, I don't know if I said this and I, you know, let's finish the surfers topic and then I'll tell my story. Cause I have a story to tell. Well, let's, uh, I guess, I mean, uh, to kind of put a bow on the surfers thing, yeah. Sean, like where are you guys at right now? And what, what's your, what's your message to people listening right now? Are you, are, do you, are registration still open? Do you guys need anything, any, any kind of announcements or, or requests? Yeah, so I must admit, um, up until this week, I was losing sleep like never before. I don't think I've ever stressed quite as much as I have about this event this year, uh, primarily because um, whilst I'm surrounded by people that really, really look out for my best interests, and I know how fortunate I am, you know, like um, I just I just don't deserve anything uh, from anyone. But the hoteliers have been really, really helpful in that they've given me leeway in terms of um, if things go wrong and, and the event can't, doesn't work out, they're happy to, you know, um, not charge me and and put the market, the hotel back on the market at, at, at late notice. You know, there's all sorts of things in place that have made things easy for me. But ultimately, um, I've got five other people that are helping me this year and they've put in a ton of time here. Like, I know it doesn't look like, you know, it doesn't look like from the outset, but you know, most of the team have probably already put in over a hundred hours of their personal time, uh, just getting things correct, you know, like our insurances, which ironically are now canceled because the insurer didn't read our paperwork and didn't check that it was an island. So we've had that pulled. And so I've, that's another stress. I've got to get that sorted. Um, but yeah, so, so I realized that I couldn't just cancel, which would have been the easy option uh, when things were looking like we weren't getting enough attendees, we only need 104 attendees to actually fill the hotel. But but we really wanted to get around 200 people because the hotel can hold a thousand. The actual venue can hold a thousand people. So we figured this year let's push for 200 people because there will be sponsors and sponsors can invite their own people um, and and invite guests. And we could probably get there if we fill the hotel naturally, and then and then the, the sponsor side of it can double up. But that wasn't happening. Um, and then, you know, in all kudos to Holly Golding, Holly Files Firestone, she's married now, um, and Alex um, from the Salesforce uh, community team, they've, you know, come on board now and created a program. I even had to fill out the V2 mom for the event. That That's the thing that Salesforce uh, employees themselves have to do. Uh, but it stipulates your, your vision, your objectives, your mission um, and, and so I've done that and they've actually started to help and subsequently people are actually signing up in droves now, which has been a massive help, but there's still space and we've got 50 odd days, 54 odd days. Um, and so I really believe now that we will actually fill the event. Um, and, and I think we'll be oversubscribed, which is what we need. We're still short of a little, a few sponsors, but I must admit, I, I've been quite 
I haven't been taking all the sponsors who want to be a part of the event, primarily because it isn't an event to sell at. And and this isn't a world tour. This is a community event. And I think that, you know, as you guys know, I now work for Taskfeed, a product company, and and Andy actually sponsored last year. And that's how I got, you know, chatting to him more personally and subsequently was the catalyst for me moving over to Taskfeed at the beginning of the year. But ultimately, um, the sponsors need to do something more than just attend and try and get leads. You have to bring something to the attendees. You have to come and um, speak about how your product is changing people's lives or how there's a possibility for people to work at the company. Or uh, in, in, in one of the sponsors' cases, they were prepared to run the sensory um uh, element of the event where you could go in and try out all of this um, technology that's been developed specifically for for mentally or physically challenged people and I think we need more sponsors like that you know like I have a really tough time when um, a sponsor phones me up or a marketing person phones me up from a sponsor and says hey uh, what who's coming and can I have that list of people and what's the return on investment and I sit there thinking look the way the pack was written the sponsor pack was written was to suggest that we've got these four goals um, and that if you align with that if that's your vision if you can see that you're not you might not get anything in year one but you're going to meet people you're going to surf with people you're actually going to gain credibility with people by being at the event talking to people listening to their real business challenges and introducing your company with that and the build up all the social traction that you get before the event and then after the event with these fantastic photos that's where you're getting your benefit year two if you do it again you've got all of your one's traction to follow up on and you will have seen return in terms of the the um the, the web, web traffic um increase so you know and, and and then of course the people start to refer you so task feed this year is getting fantastic referrals from last year's event and we have had two deals um off, as a direct result uh, of last year's surfers and the build-up of of surfers this year this the you know we gave away a ticket to to anybody in the world who wanted to come to surfers was open to anyone no holes barred um we gave that ticket away that drove immense traction um, to our website and I think that it's we need more sponsors like that so if, so not to plug too much but um, so is it, it, is it too late for for sponsors or if, no, if, no. if our inter, if people are interested in sponsoring yeah, is it still available absolutely I mean at this stage okay. I, it's all on my back I, if for all the money we're short, I have to pay for it. Um, so the more sponsors that come on, the easier that gets, because at the moment I'm still probably out of pocket for about 20 grand, um, which my wife's not too stoked about. But, uh, you know, I just keep telling her that it's one of these things. It's cheap. I started the whole adventure to learn, and I've definitely learned. Um, and more than that, um, doing an MBA, which was my other option last year, was to just jump into school uh, again, I, I'm not sure that I would have learned quite as much and made quite as many connections as I have running this event. So there's another sort of character, anyone else out there who's feeling a little bit kind of disillusioned with what to do next and where's life taking them and, you know, whatever you, you know, reach out, do something that absolutely frightens you to death. I mean, this isn't a professional thing for me. I'm doing this purely on my own time and I, and I can absolutely see that just the connections and the people that speak to me, um, as a result of my energy and enthusiasm for this event. Um, I mean, you guys so, are sponsors. That's a pretty key concept that, I think that's a pretty key concept when it comes to these events because we, we, we have tons of 
community events, we'll call them. I, I guess that's what Salesforce is calling them as well. Um, Dreaming and, and events. Sounds like they're trying to wrap a bow around it. We we saw the uh, uh, what what is going on right now? There's the conference going on right now. Um, Forcelandia. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and they they of course have you know their their on their slides they have all the community events that Salesforce kind of that people have have generated, but Salesforce also kind of helps sponsors. And we're seeing kind of this 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 thriving community around these events and things like that. So it it sounds like Salesforce, you know, also sees the value of these type of events because they they they're community driven. They're they're people who are you're kind of trying to go and share their experiences and and also just kind of through that dotted line to Salesforce is they're getting the promotion out of that. Um, yeah, no, it's a testament to what they what their missions are. You know, like um, Salesforce. By supporting me this year, uh, I, I know how risky this is to them. You know, like who would want, which company, which tech, which big tech company would want to be a part of surfing where people could get injured and then come after that company? This is well, not... I, I think it's more about, more about just kind of creating the value of interest more than anything. Yeah, but, um, but you can see it from their perspective. They had to step back because there's ski force, you know, where people were going skiing and then putting Salesforce branding all over everything. And, you know, and Salesforce actually sponsored these events in the past. Now they've got a program which is really, really useful because what they're doing, but if you want to run an event by running through the basics, um, you know, and I, I did this last year and, and provided some of the information. Uh, I was trying to create a trail for how to run a surface. You didn't, it didn't have to be called surface, but how to run one of these. Again, this is all part of the learning. Well, was that uh, if, hold on. Let, let me ask you this. So, so, so when you sign up for one of these programs with Salesforce, do they kind of dictate what you can and cannot share or what you can and cannot do? It's not What's a dictation. Like? No, no, it's not a dictation. What they'll do is they'll ask you to do the V2 mom. And V2 stands for values, vision, so the V2. And then mom is mission, uh, objectives, or obstacles, it might be. And then we always forget the last one. But they ask you to do that. And based, remember, they have an events team. They have a professional team that runs the biggest conference in the world, you know, tech conference in the world. So they know a thing or two about mm -hmm. conferences. And I think this is where people yeah. need to approach this hum in, in, with humility, is that they've put all of those resources in your capability. You now take this V2 mom, fill it out, and, and from that, you then make the decision as to whether you can actually run this event successfully or not. And so a lot of the questions they asked me were the kinds of things that I'd happily throw my hands up and say, yep, putting it in the middle of nowhere is, is probably not the best thing. We probably should have just done it in Dublin. But from my perspective, the justification for putting it in Bandoran is that well, that's because they're looking for eyeballs. I mean, it's it's a marketing it's a marketing spend look, for them. It's, absolutely, it's a, but, but uh, don't but don't forget you know, how can we how we can get the most eyeballs on this? But yeah, uh, yeah, don't forget. I understand that they have. I a, see their standpoint. I mean, anything Salesforce does, anything anything and everything Salesforce does has to come down to the bottom line. What, what you know, what contributes to selling more licenses. But remember, they're they're. So they're I, I can see how how their yeah their application would would kind of lean that way. Yeah, they're providing an ecosystem though, and and I think that and and with that comes some support. So so Holly and um, and Alex, we sat down together, and they and they just made those suggestions. They didn't say I couldn't do it. They didn't stop me from doing it. But what they right, right. what they've said is, yeah. you know, could you have done it? Why didn't you do it in Dublin? And then my justification was um, because there's no surf in Dublin for a start, and more than that, the whole point is to take these events to where the hard to reach people are. 
You know, there's no surprise that that Wales is a you know slowly but surely getting more and more deprived of investment because it's easier just to put everything in London. And 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 but from my perspective, this is what the community does. We we we're asking Salesforce for assistance, but allowing people in those regions to be um, empowered to do something that actually raises the region a little bit more. So again, I'm the wrong person. You know, I fully put my hands up and say, I should have left this to somebody in Ireland. I should have left this to somebody in Bandoran. But the thing is, I surf there. I have an affinity for that place. And I don't, you know, I want people there to have the same access to uh, jobs and and careers that I have being in the UK and close to London. And and why not? Because Salesforce can do it. And I think when you start to justify these things to to the Salesforce people, who yes, they have not they have a, you know they have to justify the money they give me. Um, but they but they can see that you know I'm not a lunatic going out there and 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 and, perp- and setting out to harm people. We've got we've put the infrastructure into place. We're letting professionals do the surf training. And with so, that they the, you know comes but you can, can you see what I'm saying? The ecosystem that they're checking on and helping yeah. me make sure that, let's say I didn't use a professional company. Let's say I was going to do it. They would then ask the question, well, what would happen if somebody got hurt? What insurances do you have in place? How would you protect yourself? How would you protect you know your, the people that help you? And that's what that. Yeah, but that, that that's more about how the. That's that's more about how the soup is made, and I I, th- I think I think for the most part, I think you know, Surfers is a great event. You can go and learn some stuff. You can. You know, possibly experience and learn how to surf and things like that. So I, I think we've we've covered that pretty well. I there's some some things I want to kind of cover outside of the whole surfers realm that I want to get to, and and we're kind of short on time, no, so no, I want to make sure we get to some of those things. So sure. um, let's let's take a moment to to transition to that stuff and and kind of um go that way. Now you you mentioned you used to be a kind of Salesforce consultant, and then you kind of worked for a a product company, but um. You know, some of the things that I'm interested in, and you know, most of my work is primarily around implementing solutions for Salesforce or developing or architecting solutions around Salesforce world and things like that. And you know, so, some of the things I I have uh, problems with is process builder. I'm I'm not sure how much you interacted with process builder, but I, I <laughs> well, let me ask, how much have you interacted with process builder? How do you feel about process builder? Because <laughs> Yeah, well, to, I have some opinions. To I'll be, say to be perfectly honest, um, I, I was, I've always been, you, you know, the sort of uh, dangerous coder, the, the coder you guys hate, because I started life as a COBOL programmer back in sort of nineteen. Oh, so, so you're the you're the not a coder, but plays one on TV coder. Yeah, so I, I understand just enough to be dangerous, and and the way and and my introduction <laughs> to Salesforce was that um, I was trying to start companies and and I was having some success here and there but eventually when I when I landed up um, uh, uh, having a son when Jen and I finally found out well, we had Hold on it sounds like you're it sounds like you're dancing it sounds like you're dancing around the question of how you feel about process Oh yeah no I'll get there cuz cuz um I I just want to clear up that I've never been a formal developer you know like I've done I've done courses in development and and I understand the ecosystem but but, but I do, pers- do you I, think process builder is developer well, well, this is you know we're talking about you know variations, aren't we? Where um, I put together a, a Salesforce eco, a, a Salesforce org 
by myself and Jenny Bamba. I employed Jenny Bamba back in the day to help me once it was all up and running. She then came on as support, but I managed to get it into, I managed to get Salesforce up and running um, where it was looking after all the flight schools around the world. So I think there's 6,000 flight schools around the world, roughly that if you want to do, if you want to fly an airplane, you have to do something called ATPL and air transport pilot license. That's your sort of entry level to doing any sort of flight school. And we, and the, and we were supporting a company that wrote this training manual. Um, and we were supporting the entire ecosystem with two people, myself and Jenny Bamba and Salesforce. And from my perspective, I was the, the sort of, I had enough, inf- I understood the, the ecosystem, the Salesforce sort of structure, the object structure sufficiently to be able to build that whole infrastructure. We are talking about from sale all the way through to deploying up. Um, you could download the app from the app exchange, the, the ATPL, and you can do it now. It's still there. The ATPL course, pay for it. And then Salesforce would initiate the, take the payment and initiate the license. This is sort of eight years ago now. Uh, is it eight years, seven years ago? But the point is, what does this I, thing do? It, so basically, you buy the, you buy, you download the app as free off the off the app exchange, the ATPL course. Right. Um, but and what is it? What does it actually do? You have to, what? in order to do the training, you have to do air air air, air, air transport pilot license. Oh, training. it's a training tool. Okay. Yeah. So okay, but, so, I, I get that. It's a training tool. Okay. So you so you buy the app. And then you can do it yourself. You can just buy the content, which is where we come in. So if you want the content to be deployed to the app, because you can buy it in modules, then you pay. And and you go onto the you know um, the webs the BGS website, pay for the course that you want to um, to to do, and then it will deploy it. Salesforce initiates the license and it deploys it to the iPad app, which can then pull down the two gig or whatever worth of content. And then you start progressing through the content. Then on top of that, you have to register with your local flight school. (laughs) Hold on, 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 we start out this conversation with process builder. builder. I think my only point is, is that my only point is that I wanted to talk about, you know, process builder in general, because I think, Salesforce sells Process Builder as this, as this thing where you can kind of do all these things that you formerly would do with code, and that you don't need code. And well, I was going to say that for, for a the- moment I bought into it. For yeah. a moment, for a moment I I started buying into it, and I was arguing with Jeremy constantly, saying, "This is gonna this is gonna kill me. I'm not gonna have a job anymore because Process Builder is gonna take over the world. Flows and Process Builder are, are gonna take over the world. I'm not gonna have a job, and I'm screwed. And I I. I, I got depression over it. I I literally was depressed because Salesforce was doing a good job at building tools. Air quotes. <laughs> air quotes was 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 doing a good job at building tools. And I'm like, crap, I don't have a job anymore because I got it bit Salesforce. Yeah, I don't think so. Cause cause because I think <laughs> so, we, we all know that. So, so I had this like kind of love-hate relationship with Process Builder because I was like, you know, yeah. Process Builder looks like it could be a really good tool. Yeah, I guess what However, I was, yeah. I, I, I'd say and my, here's the story. Here's the story. Go ahead. Now, Go I was ahead. gonna say in my in my example, I got it to a point where it was flaky as hell, but it worked for what I needed for for the one example that I gave you. It only did one thing. And when, when things started going wrong, when we needed to pivot, when we needed to add more people, when we needed to start taking money to grow, that's where Process Builder's life came to an end. Because inevitably, it's enough for you know, a, a marginal piece of work, something that 
we think we're going to use and we're going to do this today. But as we all know, Salesforce today, I still can't get my freaking contacts synchronized to my phone. And anybody who says, I run my business from my phone, I like I literally clench up because I'm like, I guarantee you, your customers cannot phone you today who are in your CRM and you'll answer that phone saying, hey, Sean, how's it going? And the Salesforce One app pops up. It does it on Android, but doesn't do it on iPhone and it doesn't do it yeah. very well on Android anyway. But that, that, so, that's Salesforce One. That has, that really has nothing to do with Process Builder. I, I think in general... The so point I'm making though is coders... finish my story yeah, the, here. The, the, code, what, the point I'm making there though is that there'll always be this need for business cases to be correctly built. Not not superficially built, yeah, but actually exactly. built with you know with a robust sort of you know uh, tools that say for the next three years this is how we do, this is how we invest you know 150 grand in tools. Oh, your, your timeline is years. Oh, okay. That 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 comes that becomes a new important factor in how I yeah. architect something. If your timeline is three months, one month, two weeks, I know how I'm going to build that. I'm going to stick that in a process builder. Exactly, yeah. Well, you've nailed if your it, so. timeline is years, yeah. if your timeline is years, three years, decades, I am not going to build that in a process builder. Because here's what happened to me. Uh, we, we, we had someone who built a bunch of processes for a client and built them all in process builder. And the client was happy. Everything was working. Everything was working just fine. And then they went in to do some updates. And those updates had cascading effects they ended up breaking a ton of crap. And so I was called in. I was like, hey, they, they, they asked me, said, hey, you know, we're having these issues. We're getting CPU timeout limits. And I was like, okay, well, I looked at everything that you're doing. And yeah, this is, this is better done in code because I can at least abstract this into a different process. I can make it a, an, a queuable job and those kind of things. So I did that. I, I, I lowballed my hours, which I probably shouldn't have done. But I lowballed my hours and said, I can do this in about four hours. So I, I took, you know, four or five process builders and which is weird that I call them process builders. Processes. I gotta I gotta get better better at that. But I took these processes and turned them into code. And uh it worked, except for one problem. I was getting a uh database collisions. I was getting uh record locks collisions, more specifically. And it turns out that because I abstracted these and put them in their own process, that Process Builder was still running when my job was still running. And so we were both trying to update the same record at the same time. And so we were getting record locks. And so I'm like, oh, crap. And the client is kind of pissed. The client's like, your comp because we're getting these record lock issues, but technically Process Builder was executing a secondary process that was causing my job to run twice. And technically, I could tell it to only run once, but that's not a valid scenario because two different things could happen at the same time that would cause my job to run multiple times, which is a valid scenario. So I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to prevent my job from running multiple times. I can tell it to run not to run multiple times within the same transaction, but I'm not going to tell it not to run multiple times across different transactions. I'm not going to try to do that. And... And so the client was kind of pissed and said, you know, so your job, your your developer said that it's it's okay that this error happens, but that's not really the, what I was saying. What I was saying is that this is going to happen because these other process processes are causing other transactions to execute at the same time that my my job is executing in a different transaction. And the only way to solve that is to 
make sure that everything's running within the same transaction. That means taking all these process builders and putting them into code. And that's where I'm running into an issue right now. That's that's kind of my rant of the day. If we're gonna we're gonna speak plainly, is that my rant of the day is that this is not scaling. I'm seeing people build some really great things with Process Builder, and yes, it scares me because they can do some really thing some some really great things that I would normally do in code that they couldn't do before, but they're doing now. However, it's not scaling. As time moves on, those things are breaking. And as we try to fix breaking things with code, the processes are not scaling to work with the code. Uh, it, it's it's almost like I'm coding two different systems and trying to get them to work together independently. It's 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 this weird this weird position that I'm in. Well, I guess this is why we listen to you guys. I mean, I listen to this podcast for exactly these problems, you know, and and I don't understand you know, everything you say at the, at the sort of granularity you dive into often, but it gives me sufficient information as a business owner. And, and I do tell, you know, um, business owners and uh, CEOs, CIOs to listen to this stuff because inevitably the marketing messages that the world gives you is that this is easy, that, that coding is learned overnight and that it's easy and, and that the tool sets out there make writing, you know, quick applications and everything easy. And I think what you've just described is that this is a business that doesn't understand what it takes to deliver product, not necessarily a quick fix. Like my, my thing, uh, my job before where I built uh, um, enough of it, enough infrastructure to keep my business up, what, what needed to happen next was we needed to start employing people that understood how to take a business that was sort of, you know, you know, nine, 10,000 customers a month to 50, 60,000 customers a month. Well, well, that's the fallacy. That's the, that's the fallacy of point and click tools that, that yeah, exactly. somehow these tools enable someone to be a developer in place of a developer. But that's not, that's not what I'm seeing. What I'm seeing is that the tools are great and they're, and they're point and click. But you know, but they still require a developer mindset. They yeah. still require someone to understand what's going on in the back end. Yeah, I think that this is where you if guys... You up, if you create a process that updates on 200 records, and then you have another process that updates those same 200 records, and, and because those processes are run independently, that's incurring so many different processes. And in, in the world of Salesforce, where limits matter... Where well, CPU time and everything else matters. So yeah, and you're—I mean, you're giving scale. You're you're giving people who aren't software engineers this tool that allows them that they're actually doing. They're having like concurrent processes and um and asynchronous stuff. And it's like to to for these people to to understand. I mean, most software engin- engineers don't understand concurrency very well. Yeah. Uh, so to expect. On top people of that, who aren't software there, engineers, there is to, a limit on concurrency, which is well, twenty five. And, and the thing is, it kind of brings me back to process builder, like what it is. I mean, it's it's an abstraction. It's a really high level um, abstraction that allows you to you know program a system, right? And and we all know, you know, or, or I guess people, you know, programmers know abstractions. You know, then there's you know there's I mean the problem with abstractions. What, what's the saying? Um, Oh gosh, I'm not gonna get this right. Something like uh, abstractions are, um, uh, I don't know, always leaky or sometimes useful. Something like that. I don't know. I can't remember what it is. I just totally butchered that. I have to <laughs> put it in the show notes or something. But Marker. Um, it's you know, it's it's never it's never a perfect abstraction of the thing it's trying to abstract. Yeah. And and in this case, I mean, they're trying to abstract something that's incredibly like 
kind of, I guess, complex, but also a general purpose. They're trying to abstract a general purpose programming language in a way. Although I know Apex is kind of like a a design for CRM database triggering, but it's really, I mean, it's, it's, it's modeled on Java and it's kind of a general purpose programming language. And there's just, and not only that, but they're abstracting, you know, uh, again, processes and and uh, and uh, multi, uh, gosh, multi core like multi tenant or not multi tenant, multi process type things, uh, database transactions, and it's just like, you know, you're trying to do all these things for someone and let them build things when they don't really understand what's going on. I mean, what do you expect to happen? And and that's that's all not before you even get to the to the problem of the fact that. There's all kinds of problems with Process Builder. Like, if it worked perfectly, it's still got all these problems about the, around the fact that it's just an abstraction. And even though you're abstracting and hiding all these details, all yeah. those details are still there, right? But, and, and, and when you create processes, you are doing things with all those different subsystems and mechanisms and whatever. You just don't understand what you're doing. You don't understand what, what else is happening. And, and, and you're just, you know, you're going to create problems. And I don't and, know. And, and, to interject, I, I think I think one of the problems is is the way this transitioned. It transitioned from workflow to process builder, and process builder adds so much more functionality. Yet it's functionality that's inherently code. All that all all your processes and your decisions makings and everything translates to code um, versus workflow, which is kind of just you know something happens on a record, manipulate a few things in a very safe environment. And, and you're okay. Everything you do within workflow is safe, but everything you do in work in process builder is not safe. I, I would challenge that not everything, not everything you do in workflow is safe. I mean, you can create a workflow that ends up causing you to go over limits or have um, recursive. True, but you're, you're basically dealing with a record with with a concept of a record. But with process yeah, builder, the, you can you can you're dealing with with record sets you you can you can initiate a flow and and do some complex logic with flow and and so now you're in this realm of programming and so you're taking these people who are are very very used to this safe environment with, with within workflows where you know there was there's training wheels and everything and it said you can't do this and you but you can do this and then you're opening up and saying hey you can do all these things you couldn't do with workflow and they're like okay I'm going to go do that stuff that you said I could do and then it turns out it doesn't scale. It yeah. turns out over time, over months or six months yeah. or a year, yeah. it starts breaking. So it seductively leads you down this path. It's like, hey, come right. do it in Process it's, Builder. It's very and, seductive. And you know what? And you're like, hey, you build some, and you're like, oh, hey, this works. This is pretty cool. Wow. And, and um, you know, I mean, I know plenty of, of admin types who are like, this is so awesome <laughs> that I don't have to bug you every time I need some simple trigger or whatever. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, that's cool. I get that. They feel it, it's empowering. And it's in many ways really valuable. Or at least the, the idea. It, if it, it makes you feel things in a it perfect makes you world, you shouldn't be it's, feeling. It's really valuable. But but like you said, I mean, the problem is, is you can get pretty far down a path with you know many hours and you know much calendar time spent on building something out in Process Builder, only to find out that it really needs to all be completely undone and redone, right? And and that's not well, to say that I, you, I you can like, have the same problem in code. In fact, we this this happens all well, the time exactly. anyway. I mean, how many times exactly. do people bring you projects built in Apex and say, please help, please, right. please fix us, please bail us and, out here? And that's the reason we have these these patterns. That's the reason we have these design patterns or these, the, the what is, what is it, the uh, financial force enterprise patterns. Yeah. It's the reason these kind of things exist because people have learned these lessons. They, they've, they've done this trial and error and gone, you know what, this doesn't scale. Or it, and depending on your scale needs, you might need something like Financial Force Enterprise Library, or you might not. But but the idea is that, that 
that we've come across these problems in code. And now those those in the process builder world are starting to come across these same problems. And, and that that's a perfect reason to listen to your developers. That's a perfect reason to learn lessons from developers or at least get in tune with developers and find out why they do the things they do. Because when it comes to process builder, you're coding. I'm sorry. You're, well, you're programming a system, right? You are. You're right. Yeah. Uh, unlike f- workflow where you're just kind of designing some interactions or, or you know, your the training wheels are on. Yeah. But the process builder and flows, the training wheels are off. And and in that concept, you're learning the same things that that us developers have learned. You're you're learning the issues that come across from doing things a certain way and how that doesn't scale. And and you're starting to realize that, you know, I need to adapt some of these things that developers do into my process builders. And is there a mechanism to do that? Because it's such a defined UI in terms of configuring you might not be able to yeah. i mean do you i mean is it is it in any way in your mind possible for salesforce to be able to really i don't want to say perfect but um at least you know polish this abstraction over programming in a way that really works and and you know because there's still I'm sure that i know it's improved i'm sure quite a bit mm-hmm. possibility since it's since we first saw it but there's still just you know Tons of issues. Um, yeah. do, you, do you think? I mean, do you ever see this working? Because again, to me, it, it's an abstraction, well, and, I, and they're I, and they're they're I, they're trying instead of they're taking control away from me. They don't, there's not near as much control with Process Builder as as there is with code, right? We have like fine grained control over how things happen, when they happen. I mean, Apex is an imperative language, right? We can control all that with with Process Builder. They take that control away from you and say, "Hey, don't worry about that. We'll handle it for you." Or we, or at least we have sensible defaults. Uh, and you, be, by the way, you can't really. In many cases, you can't change those. It just it's going to work the way it works. Um, is that ever going to be good enough? Is that ever going to be something that you would feel comfortable suggesting to a client? Yeah, go ahead and build it in Process Builder. Not only will that work and it's simpler, but it's also going to be a long term solution that you can continue to build on. Well, I I, I think it's a valid question. I think it's something that time will tell in terms of how they advance that product and you know whatever features they have in their roadmap and what they choose to focus on. Uh, I, I think if your use case is simple enough, that's that's the case. But the thing I always go back to, to me is, and I'm a programmer, so that's just my bias. But you know, well, you, I, I, especially if you, like a a good, if, if you have a if you have a surgeon, say everything is a cut to them. Uh, yeah, I guess so. You know, what's their what, developer? Everything is, exactly. is a code to yeah. you. Well, that's not, the, not necessarily the, though. If you if you, I always like that um, the 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 correlation between surgeon and and uh, developers because um, a really good surgeon is trying not to cut you. You know, a good consultant surgeon is when they consult you. Mm. Have you have you seen have you seen how the billing codes work? <laughs> and maybe maybe in the UK, they make too much money. There, gonna, there's a they, reason why they want to cut you every time. Yeah, there, yeah. there's a reason why the the well, phrase the surgeons say to each other is cut them. But that's, that's always the, the answer. Okay, it's much more of this patient. Cut them. Can I make the case to cut them? But no. Well, let's move on to something that I can but, make yeah. the case. But to that, cut let, them. that's great. Let's use that analogy then. So. So what I have as a customer is that when I go to okay the NHS is different it, it, maybe I don't we I don't have to pay for this stuff but but these guys are trying you know not to operate they will say you know lose some weight do it whatever the joint issue is whatever you know can you do all of these preventative things before we have to operate because it's costly uh, and because it isn't just a fix no operation is just a fix and you're perfect there after this rehabilitation there's all sorts of nonsense that goes on with any operation there's risks you know you could get infections you can make a mistake while in there leave a spongy in there or, or you know nick something else or there's risks and i think that the correlation for me always worked sure. well where where i would say if i was a business person 
um, and I'm sitting in front of a good developer, what they're doing is educating me around what's about to happen and giving me options the whole way through. And I think that you have near-term options, long-term options, and then very long-term options. And and so from for that correlation, that you know, I go to a surgeon and and I've built up a relationship with this person, and I trust that what they're saying because I also validate it with other information. This is what the customer has today. You guys are giving a resource, you know, two hours every Friday or Thursday when whatever comes out. You're giving us a resource free of charge. And we build up trust with you over a period of time that whatever you say, A, we can challenge other people because you've also given us a Slack channel. And there's thousands of blogs, if not millions of blogs, covering just about every topic imaginable. So the customer should be educated by the time they sit down and say, we're about to deploy this application into this ecosystem, and this is how we're about to do it, and these are the people we need. They should have done that research. Now, we know that's not always going to be the case, but the point is they can and the same way that today, if you go, uh, either one of you in America, go and have a surgery and come back and bitch about it. And I'll ask you start some of the fundamental questions. Say, right, who is a surgeon? How many surgeons did he, how many surgeries had he done before? What was the preventative maintenance that he offered you before? And you don't have these answers. And then you're sitting there bitching about your problems. There's, there's only one thing we can do. And it's that together is laugh about it because you were foolish. And I think that that's what people forget yeah. is that this isn't, this is exactly the same place. You, you know, you have people who've trained for years and years and years to be a developer and a technical architect, a consultant and a coder and an admin. The different skills you can have very highly regarded, very you know well trained admins. Those admins know what their remit is. They know that they're not developers. They're not coders. They can. They can, however drive a process builder. I think they're being misled and confused about what, okay. what where the limits are though and but what the, is but the thing possible. is remember that's, that's but remember a, it's, it's, a, concern. it's an, I don't think it's misleading if you it is no, I, hold on I have two views on this because uh, you know I agree that marketing has a very very difficult job when you get to be the size of of a sales force you're trying to give people a positive perspective you're trying to tell people who are thinking oh jesus i just don't have 150 grand for a top-end developer to help me build a company that can handle 5,000 flat schools or 6,000 flat schools i just can't do it it's year one for me they say whoa 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 you can this is this that you need in year one absolutely can be done here you go let me show you and within 20 minutes you've got something reasonable that'll hold up it'll do a good enough job but when it comes to scaling up that company the fool is the guy who thinks he can continue to run that business on that model. And that's what I'm trying to present to you is that you guys um, are providing a resource where you're seeing it from the developer's eyes saying, look at the problems with this freaking tool. And the marketing's misaligning what the tool can actually do for everyone. And I think this is where these messages are always so confusing. Well, well the funny thing I, is, I, I'm, I'm marketing's misaligning. It, I, I think they're, they're doing their job. They're, I mean, Salesforce yeah. exists to make money. I, I, but, I, I but remember, you cause as many problems. Don't re- you cause, realize that you cause as many problems by not, uh, you know, making the message uncomfortably narrow. So as you as you're pointing out, is that you know Einstein gets pushed out. It, it, currently, the message is Einstein's for everyone. As far as I'm concerned, I, I can't use Einstein. It's not for me. Not yet. Well, so, you know no, I, mean? I, I I've actually tried to make a concerted effort to use Einstein, and and what I found is the 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 only thing the API covers is image recognition. Yeah, but, recognition. but that's what I'm saying. I, I wanted to do some language processing. But, but that's what I'm saying. I couldn't find an API. Yeah, it's not yet to do that. It's not yet, but the and their messaging says it's available for everyone. And but I think, Salesforce is selling it as as well, Einstein's 
the a world. Lot of, Einstein, the Einstein, 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 Einstein is the Einstein is analytics. Yeah, that's it's point. everything. But they were also selling CRM. They were also selling CRM in the cloud before it was possibly, you know, entirely cloud. So th- there's a there's a history of how, and we've gotten to know that. We've yeah, gotten to know that cloud. that they will push out something because shiny things drives the you know interest drives the promise that there will be better tools tomorrow etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think we know that and 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 when we're talking to people who don't know that we're, we bring them into the comfort blanket and say listen einstein could be fantastic it could be it's not for you now it, it isn't available to you now the, the types of promise that they're showing no, they're you, never gonna they're never gonna say that that's just you no know, no no but that's yeah. what we it, say it, Hold that's on, why but that's what we say that we're I, getting paid right. you guys like I'm, I'm no longer in the consultancy world um but what i'm saying is uh it's it's it is your role to to help that customer make sense of of these tools that are not yet available, but they could be. And, and, and from your yeah. perspective, it is in your interest to continually think about how could AI, I mean, AI is such a confusing thing. Honestly, I've tried so, on so many occasions to speak to, you know, the very top of their game, uh, you know, people who are right at the top of the game of this, for them to sit down and explain to me how AI is going to influence business decisions it, it just always seems to be if this then that at the moment you know I've, i understand facebook has got some really clever stuff going on that they had to turn off because it was doing things that they weren't anticipating okay so that is really really interesting is it scary maybe but you know whatever but the, but the point i'm making is that in the business world nothing you guys are doing today is any different to the way we're doing it 50 years ago we're still crud you know create read delete, edit, whatever it is. Um, it's the same old thing. And and the only thing that's happened is that it's gone from being taken months and months and months to develop to, well, no, years and years and years to create, then push out, then deploy. We can do that all in, in months. I'm not saying that the outcome has gotten any better though, either. You know, it's just that we can do, we, you know, the barrier to entry to creating a an enterprise application went from, you know, what Andy's built on his own uh, in, in my case, in Taskfeed's case, it took him two years. It would have taken a team of people years and years and years just to create the first CD if they could even get a CD burner and push it out to five people to try and tons of cash to do that. You know, that that's changing. And I think well, that... Yeah, I, I, and, I agree. I, th- I think in the in this this modern modern age, we have cloud computing and in, in developing and distributing applications is, is, is changed significantly. And e- and we're not shipping CDs. Yeah. We're just trying to, but equally, those tools. We're not valuing the software based on ship CDs. I mean, yeah, it, the world is different, and and we're not even pricing things to, at the same way. We're not even pricing things by CD. You can't own a CD and did own we, a product did we, anymore. Are we done with the process builder? I don't no, know. no, because it's coming back to that. No, it's coming I, back I to that. I have I a couple things coming. else I want to say about which <laughs> yeah, is it's coming back. Sean, to one thing that you said was that you know it. You hear developers t- saying that uh, you know basically giving you advice on when you should be careful with this thing. And the thing is with me, it's like, I don't feel like it's me doing that. I've, it's to, to me, it's it's other admins and, and Salesforce consultants that are coming to me with these stories and problems because I don't use Process Builder. I will rip it out if I see it. And you, you know, as of, as of today, you know, prior to today, I was arguing with Jeremy. I was saying, you know what? It has its place. Yeah, but hold on, guys. It, it's, it's, That's it's not true. Man. Jeremy, technology that enables people to do yeah. things they couldn't do before. Jeremy, but in, now I'm dealing with ramifications of that. Now I'm dealing with the with the fact that people went out and did some stuff without me, without with. And I don't mean me as in 
conceded me and my knowledge and my godlike experience. <laughs> I'm saying that they did it as 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 an admin or as a consultant who who is not a developer, and they they did these things that Salesforce said you can do. They did these things that Salesforce marketing said, go out and do it. Just just dream it and do it, and the tools are there to do it. And now they're coming to me and saying, my client wants this, and I can't seem to get this to work, or it's there's all these issues, and they're asking me to 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 review all these logs, and I'm going, yeah, that that's an issue. That's an issue that I that I have to deal with, and the only way I know how to solve that is with code. Well, I guess the only I, tools uh, yeah. I have available to to prevent that issue from happening is by doing this alternate technique that I've learned in code that will that will get away from that error. Yeah. Because ultimately what with Process Builder, you're coding. When you drag and drop these little things and you're saying go and grab these accounts or yeah. these child contacts or whatever and do all these updates, that's things you're doing that's translating to code. And that has ramifications. It's it's bound by the same well, because limitations you, that because we you don't have, have control coders. over how that code's written, right? Right. And, but it's bound by the same governor limits. It is. Right. It, in other words, it's it's almost enlightening in the fact that that uh, admins are are finally experiencing some of the pains that we we experience as developers. And and it's it's not like I'm trying to be revengeful. That's when an I interesting say that. point, actually. They are it, they're they're getting a taste of of. The, yeah. all the details that we have to take care right. of they're, they're that they don't a have a taste to, yeah. of, of why we do the things we do why it takes so much time to do things the the, the the things that we do or even why we we do we say that architecturally you can't do it exactly. that way you can't do it with with this because it doesn't scale and that, that that's what people are finally getting a taste of because Honestly, process builder is code, and I'm, I'm going to stop. You can't do this with Salesforce. <laughs> Damn, so I'm, I'm going to stop Gosh, looking at process builder as just another work. <laughs> as as I'm, I'm going to stop saying process builder is a workflow engine because it's not. It's it's writing code. Well, and that code is not scalable. So uh, look, I want to go back to my my uh, this this scenario or this ideal fantasy of like, what if process builder did its job perfectly and it solved, it just lets you write these high level ideas of how you want your logic to work. And it just, you know, it's got, let's say they figure out how to get the AI to go and write all the code correctly and to avoid, you know, all these problems that that there are now. My problem with process builder is that it's not very expressive, right? I mean, and that's when we talk about programming languages, like even Apex, as much as it is, Literally modeled on a in a mid nineteen nineties programming language, and it hasn't evolved since. It is still far more expressive than Process Builder is. I mean, a moderately complex problem can be solved in Apex in a by a qualified software engineer. Let me let me qualify that um, in a much more expressive way than it can in in Process Builder. And what that means is you have an application that is more. Uh, understandable and maintainable and testable, right? And and uh, evolve, you know, can evolve uh, better, right? With with more confidence. Whereas, you know, that the similar thing built out in Process Builder, it's it's far less expressive, and it takes way more shapes and things, and you know, whatever it's. And you can't, you know, when if you introduce a bug, you can't use Git bisect on it. You know, it's not text, so. All of your tools that that software engineers have to analyze text and diff and and all that kind of things, you just don't have with Process Builder, and so you're just going to be in so many cases. You're going to be sitting there going, "Crap, I don't know where we go from here. I don't know how to figure this problem out. I don't know how we move forward because you just don't you don't have any of that." And I don't know. It's just it's it's interesting. And and but on the other hand, like so so I guess what I'm saying is 
it's not a tool that I would want to use because I know how to use what I think is a better tool. But again, if they if they can fix a lot of these problems with the process builder, I think it's a gr- I think it can be a great tool for non software engineers to to what just what Sean was saying. Like he you can you can get really far with it and yeah. build some pretty awesome things that would have cost you know three hundred thousand dollars five years ago. Now it might only cost you twenty thousand dollars. But in my mindset, that should mean that the admin should be charging double their time because they're now, they're now developing code. Well, no, because Salesforce is commoditizing whether, that whether value. Whether it's, it's we're or, com- no, or typing no, like you instructions. Can't just, no, the, the problem is, is now you've you've opened the world up to, you know, if you had X number of software engineers who could do this in the past, and now you have 10X admins who can now solve that same problem, but in a different way. You've just commoditized that. And so, you, you know, they don't, you're not, it's not going to be, Value is high anymore. It won't. It won't fetch that same amount of money. Yeah. You just. You know, as software engineers, I guess we have to. We have to move on to bigger and better pro- problems that are just stay focused on problems that, because there's always going to be that's as was Sean's point earlier. There's yeah. always going to be problems that you've got to that are just hard problems. They have to be, you know, thought through cur- clearly. They have to have a good design, and they have to be implemented. Cur- you know, yeah, according guys, to that design my, in ways get, that again get are get my contacts yeah. to my phone, man. Come on, man. It's been freaking seven, eight years yeah, now. I've been bitching about this and and that's a hard problem. Solve that. How about let's get lead conversion, you know, leads that come in to convert, uh, you know, a lead that converts in Salesforce to an opportunity. That same person books another lead. Just put him as a contact. Why doesn't it just automatically go, oh, it's the same Sean Holmes from, it, it just doesn't do it. And you're like, this is fundamental, people. Stop writing. Don't worry about AI. Why can't, uh, shouldn't Einstein be able to sync oh, your contacts oh, for you? Oh, jeez, dude, please. It, no. Don't even give me I mean, started. it's smart, right? You, you're talking- I mean, Salesforce employs, you know, no, hundreds and, of uh, and PhDs on this topic. He, here's the problem with, with Einstein, if we're going to transition to that topic, is that- No, it's not that. It's, it's the, a matter it's of data basics. in, data out. It's basics of, forget Einstein. I just- I, no, I'm, it, I'm, I'm, it, I'm, absolutely I'm, it is. Einstein Einstein is machine, machine learning, which is based on, on pattern recognition within data, which- Lots it, of data. It's picking back, <laughs> it's piggybacking, if I can say that right, off of the data mining- surge that happened and and if you have some really good data mining that that actually took and took data and and normalized it and and effectively validated that data to say this is good data this is bad data based your decisions on good data then then ai machine learning will be will 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 be valuable to you but that's, if, but if that's you're just putting crap there. data into ai it does nothing no, but that's the problem. Well, it also you're requires, saying that, I mean, if you yes, have training models, it's, tons of data. Those are just rules. If you, what you've just described is, yeah. we could do that anyway. We could do that Excel spreadsheets. We can write up all our rules about, you well, know, here's, 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 here's the dirty little truth of a lot of AI right now, is well, that here, most of what people are calling AI actually is just a rules engine. Exactly. It's actually not yeah, AI. Yeah, exactly. It's a rules it's engine. But here's my problem with, with this whole AI push that, that, that machine learning is going to be the next big thing and, and solve all the problems, and that's that we haven't solved the data integrity issue. That's still an ongoing problem no, that, from the beginning that, of time that, will, that we that, have a bunch of data that's not good. That's much simpler to solve, like in my mind. And, and now you're feeding this And Sean's, Sean's yeah. just like, can I just get my context? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, 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 the issue here isn't, you know, like I, I listened to a TED Talk yesterday um, by, uh, I think he was an ex-Googler, who said that um, part of what the, the you know, the smart uh, uh, sort of marketing side of Google's doing is, or well, it could be Facebook, but they're, what they're working on is trying to get you to spend more time on your phone because, of course, that's how they make their money. Is that the more time you spend on YouTube, Facebook, Google, the more money they make, and and they pinpointed three major risks. Sleep was one of them, and uh, what was the other? It was 
it was, oh, Google, YouTube were worried about um, Facebook and sleep. So people will spend time on YouTube or Facebook or go to sleep. Those are the three risks to their business model. And what they do is they constantly write algorithms that say, oh, Jeremy just watched, you know, Salesforce um, DevX YouTube video from Salesforce. Let's prompt him with another video very similar. And let's see if he bites. Let's see if he watches that. And they watch you and they watch you and they watch you. And and eventually Uh, those freaking bastards. You know what? I, I do not sleep at night because I do watch YouTube right before I go to bed. And I constantly yeah. get stuff in my recommendations. Yeah. You get sucked into the YouTube. And I click on them yeah. and I enjoy yeah. them. And those bastards are keeping me up. So, so They're the, the reason I can't sleep. Yeah, but well, the point so is, I blame YouTube. Well, the point okay, is that they, I'm going to sue YouTube. You're validating AI. You're saying, hey, AI works. Exactly. But the point there <laughs> is that them. these are people that bastards. have been tasked with understanding the human psychology to the point that they can predict they can they can almost to you know within um uh, you know within within a very small margin of error predict what you're very likely to click on then we know that negative sentiment gets much more clicks than positive we know this you know any sort of psychology degree will st- or even e- course will show yeah. you uh, you know a stupid headline that's negative will get far more headlines than positive um, and it will get more clicks than positive any sort of clickbait works it works we're all interested in look at this guy's but look what happened to it. Oh God, I got to click that or girls. But, but the thing is, um, what I'm saying is that none of this has been used to genuinely move the dial. And he closed by saying that he closed by saying that if we, if we were to take all that collective energy, uh, of these very smart engineers and actually start trying to solve, um, you know, there's some serious issues in the world, we'd actually get there. But the problem is there's so much money and so much, um, reward, for keeping people in this mindless state. You know, let's watch more TV. Let's spend more time on Facebook building relationships that are pretty much meaningless, meaningless in, in the grand scheme of things. You know, more time is spent on, more money is spent on improving um, hair removal technology than cancer removal tr- uh, technology, things like that. All these statistics that that, that are banded yeah, out. Yeah, but I, I feel we've gotten on off no. topic. I mean, we we know the psychology of things, and, and we know the but you're, the, the but you're psychology saying, you're that saying, marketing you're saying plays. That, but, I mean, mar- the, marketing's all about kind of enablement and, and making you feel good about the things that you can do. Well, you can. That's the without, point. Is without, that with, with without the, letting you think about whether or not you should be doing that. No, but, but you, remember, you do we're the talk- same thing. We, we, should you click on that recommended video? <laughs> yes. No, you should go to sleep. No, should you should you build Sack something? In Let's watch more windsurfing. Maybe <laughs> is it going to need to scale over three years yeah. of time of of mass amounts of data that that might be affected? But know. remember, it but, depends on what you're using it for. But remember, Jeremy said, Jeremy, you said that you wouldn't use Process Builder. I, I think you would. I think if 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 the if the dial turned and 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 you were looking at a, a you know a, a small business that. Uh, came to you, they had a reasonable budget, they were going to pay you and they wanted, you know, assistance and they had this, you know, mission, you know, like let's say a charity said, well, we're gonna, we've got like a one year event that we need to run and we need all these things delivered in order to make that a success. And you looked at it, you would use the process builder if it was applicable for that particular job within the constraints that they've given yeah. you. And, and, and that, that's that yeah. scenario, I'm going to speak for Jeremy. Okay. And that scenario, he wouldn't. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. And, and here's here's the only thing I think but process builder in, ter- in terms that's, of that's value foolish, has. Though. That's foolish because in that scenario, if it's yeah. the appropriate tool, it'll do no, the job. No, it it's not. It's not. Because, because what is what is the value <laughs> of process builder? Well, you gotta get okay, to, 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 to make process builder still a compromise. It's no, a no, compromised no, product. Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, you, you both have it wrong. Okay. It's, not, it's not a compromise. 
It, it, well, it's, it's goofy. Uh, partially, it's a compromise. Yeah, no, it's, it's, here's the root of the problem. Did, did here's why people choose things like workflow and process builder over code. And that's because someone at an admin level can point and click and change things. Well, that's only one part of the and, picture. And, and production, by the way. Here's the fallacy that I've developed over time. The knowledge I've developed over time, the education that I've developed over time, is that people think something's going to change more often than it does. People think that the change they make is simple and minor. They think changing one value mm. on a on a business process is minor. It's a, fa- they it's a failure. Add, it's a failure to add imagine. A new division to a process. They can <laughs> add a new criteria to right. a process. They can add something easily with point and click, and that it's that it that it has no impact. That it's not intrusive, but that's a fallacy because honestly, the reality is if you're adding things to your process, you're changing your process, then then you are fundamentally changing the way something works at a base level. And if you just leave that to point and click tools, if you leave that to some criteria engine, you leave, you leave that to some point and click tool to make some decision based on that. Chances are you're going to get screwed and it's not going to scale. Yep. The thing is, that's because, that was the, I mean, that's that's, that's the thing with, you know, with with typical software engineering is we would we would have tests, right? That and you make your changes and then you you know you run all your regression tests to because only that only a system with a good regression test suite can tell you what you've broken. Right. In in a sufficiently large system, yeah. you, There's no way you can do that yourself. Even simply making a field required. You need to run your regression suite now because you don't know what you just broke. You probably right. broke something. And it's in a people who are like, ah, oh, this is a, just a small change. I'll just make it, you know, it, that's a failure to imagine. And, right. and unless well, you, because they don't think of those terms, they think, yeah. you know what, we, we, we want to report on this field and no one's entering enough data in this field. So we're going to make it required. Yeah. Well, they don't think about all the integrations. They don't think about all the kind of or a trigger that creates that record triggers. that's now going to fail because it doesn't populate that right, field or exactly. whatever, right? Yeah. Now, now to that point, I think I think that's where software vendors add value because they're on the hook for for making those features work. They're on the hook for for making sure that whatever feature they offer, as as business processes change and as they say, yes, you can do this with this feature, go ahead and do it. But Salesforce doesn't define itself that way. They they define themselves as this kind of open-ended platform that right. can do anything at any point in time, versus someone who says, "Hey, we've got this solution that develop that that solves this one particular need," and as those needs changes, they they can prioritize and, and offer new features. Now, now Salesforce does that to a, to an extent, but it's 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 at this open-ended nature where they don't know what your requirements are. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's someone like. But that's the that's, that's, exactly, yeah. that's the, the requirement. The, the whole it? Salesforce world job. Their answer to any pro, any problem is okay. I mean, their 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 question to you is, how can I solve your problems with Salesforce? <laughs> I mean, that's you know, well, that, that's, I mean, that's that's the way the Salesforce like, community works. That that's a good <laughs> for in terms of Salesforce, and if you're a Salesforce shareholder, that's a that's a good question. That that's a good answer. How can or good question? How can we solve your problem today with Salesforce? Right, right, and I, I mean, I, of course, that's Salesforce's job. But it's to me, it's like it's it's the admins and all the consultants out there. It's like I wish there was a little bit more creative and I, thinking I, around that. Yeah, and I, I want to clarify my point. I'm not faulting Salesforce for the tools that they offer. I'm faulting those using those tools for not knowing enough about how those tools work or or what the ramifications are or how they scale or understanding how. They're now in the developer world, and they need to understand some of the things that we've learned, or maybe go out and start educating themselves on 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 some of these concepts that the developers have learned, 
in terms of scalability and, and how things work. Oh, but they are. That's why they'll come to that's why they come to Surfforce. You know, that's what these guys are doing. I think we're they are. You know, and I and I agree that you know, you make valid points about, you know, the tools being dangerous. But I definitely think that you know the the the, the right tool for the right job and 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 it, I get the sense that the way you guys approach it is that you know, developer is always the right way to go. You, um, and I, I would say... You are such a good salesman because you yeah. brought that whole discussion, you brought that whole discussion back to, to Surfforce and I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's... We are the, actually that is, at a hard stop right now. Yeah. Jeremy does have to go, so cool. we want to wrap this up. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that, that, that that's, that's uh, great. Let's I mean, give you one more shot. Let's, 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 let's do the Surfforce advertisement. Give me, give me one good statement about Surfforce. Hey, just come along, Em. We'll look after you, and you will you'll have an, uh, an adventure you'll never forget. And you know what? We'll even train you on Process Builder. Why not? Eh? Jeremy will come and give us a, a talk all about the Process Builder. <laughs> and, and and for the record, <laughs> I don't think Process Builder is always bad. I think if 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 that's the tool you have, you know, it might be you know the the best way to get the job done. Um, it's just not not for me. Almost always not for me. You see, but John, you shouldn't have people, spoken for Jeremy. You should. It, 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 yeah, I know. I don't. Um, cool. Well, cool, Sean. Well, thanks. Thanks for. I, I, you know, this is a rare. This is a. This is a rare thing to have a, a repeat guest. So, thanks for joining us. I know it's. It's probably. You know what? Uh, Translation. Mid- Jeremy what, what, says you should feel honored. What is it, what is it midnight where you are right now? Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, but but it's more. It's more to you guys. Thank you for sponsoring and thank you for you know your constant commitment to the developer community, your passion around doing things correctly. Honestly, I think that uh, it's what makes Salesforce sticky. Uh, and, and so the thanks go to you. I think I speak on behalf of all twenty million developers. Those contracts are too. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hire hire you guys. I'll make that happen. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and Sean, quick, just quick plug on on Task Feed, I guess. Uh, yeah, repeatable projects in Salesforce, uh, particularly for B2B SaaS companies looking for onboarding, um, uh, an onboarding tool that will absolutely blow your mind. Repeatable projects that you can share with your customer. There you go. Wrapped up in a nutshell. Nice. Cool. Thanks, guys. Anything else from you, John? Process Builder sucks <laughs> as of today. Because I, ha- I have to sell a client on Process... I have to sell a client my development services because Process Builder failed them. And you're whinging about and that. they're so happy with Process Builder. I just can't got it done so cheaply. I mean, li- honestly, they, they, got, they got some really great processes done cheaply, but it, it hasn't scaled. We're now a year at, later, and the client is kind of pissed going, well... Why, why is this this way? Why 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 are you having to? Why are you wanted to put this into code when it it, it sucks? Do you want another I'm, song, I'm John? Bad place. Do you want oh, an, sorry. Do you want another song? Yeah. yeah. Cry me a river. Oh. A song. Cry me a river. Oh. <laughs> I, I I knew you were such you were such awesome. a pop singer. <laughs> it's late. I like all the pop music. All right. <laughs> cool. Alright, guys. Cheers, it's been like, fun. Cheers, man. So, shall I send you this file? Alright. See you. Well, eh, eh, well, hold on, <laughs> hold on. You don't get to leave until I say the words. Yeah, I did <laughs> when, too. When the Crumbs. fat guy sings, <laughs> when the fat guy sings, and the fat guy's yeah. song well, is well, the skinny guy has song. <laughs> that was Sean. I am a good ton of blubber at the moment. <laughs> He's got muscles. Twi- yeah, twins are true. keeping me home. I'm, I'm trying to get up to the muscular, <laughs> muscular level <laughs> of Sean there. And, 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 Cheers. And to that, I say, good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. I just I just want to see the naked leprechauns. <laughs> <laughs>